Welcome to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Conley. Thanks so much for tuning in to the pod. We have someone on the podcast who I've been trying to get on for quite a bit, and we finally were able to make it happen. If you follow him on Twitter, he goes by Richard Studley, Michigander. But he has a much more diverse background in our state and working with business in particular, Lee and Ritz joins us. Rich, how are you? Doing very well, Tony. My family moved to Kalamazoo when I was a little boy. I was born in central Illinois. My dad was a butcher. My mom was a nurse. They moved to Kalamazoo because of the great jobs in our state and the Great Lakes. And I've lived and worked in Michigan until two years ago when I retired. So, yes, I'm a Michigander. You and I used to talk quite a bit, especially when I was on 1320 WILS with the morning show as you were the former Michigan Chamber of Commerce CEO. Before we get into specifics, talk a little bit about that job and how you felt about it and maybe what you learned. It was a wonderful opportunity for me to be part of the Chamber Federation, to work with the U.S. Chamber at the national level. I served on the U.S. Chamber's Board of Directors to have the opportunity to lead the Michigan Chamber. I worked there for 40 years before retiring, and it was really an extraordinary opportunity for me to travel the state and meet small business owners and middle managers and corporate executives and entrepreneurs from across the state. I traveled to every county, and I think pretty near every city in northern Michigan and the UP and across the state. We were a statewide, the chamber still is a statewide business organization, a business leader focused on legislative and legal and political action. So there's still a great team there with Jim Holcomb and Wendy Block and Bob Thomas. And I know they're continuing to be strong advocates, but after 40 years, it was time for me to step down and spend more time with family and friends. And so I just love Michigan and still care about public policy, but I'm retired. I was a volunteer co-chair in the campaign for Proposal 1, the successful campaign for transparency and term limits reform. I've also been involved as an informal advisor to U.S. Ambassadors Pete Hoekstra and Joe Sella, as they have raised very important, very serious questions and concerns about our national security and really question and challenge the wisdom of state subsidies to companies like Goshen Inc. with a parent company headquartered in China that has close ties to the Chinese Communist Party. So I'm still very much in favor of job creation and economic growth. I do think there's a legitimate role for the MEDC to play, but sadly at the Michigan Economic Development Corporation, they really seem to have lost their way and they seem to have forgotten that most new jobs in a state like Michigan are created by existing businesses. Why is that, Rich? How did that happen? I think sometimes it's human nature. Sometimes it's politics. Politicians, one of their favorite things is a groundbreaking ceremony and press releases. We do face a fierce competition with other states. I think the proper role for the MEDC is to focus on small businesses to help them stay and grow to provide information and assistance to companies that are already here in Michigan and American companies located in other states. It seems folly to me to get into an international bidding war that we can't win with other states and foreign countries, even in the area where we need technology. EVs, for example, 
there are companies in countries like Japan and South Korea and Taiwan that are allies. It seems to me the height of arrogance and foolishness to think that we can only rebuild America's EV supply chain by relying on companies with close ties to the Chinese Communist Party. That simply isn't the case. Rich, when we talk about China, there is a lot of concern. There seems to be a lack of either knowledge or wisdom when it comes to dealing with China in regards to selling our land, going into business with them. And there seems to be a big problem here in Michigan, where politicians are not listening to the people who live in the areas where land and businesses are being sold to China, as well as how it's empowering them over our state and over our country. Talk a little bit about that, if you will, and why there is a lack of knowledge or ignorance about that. Well, Tony, again, I think some of it is human nature. When the federal government and state government works well, everyday folks shouldn't have to wake up in the morning or go to bed at night worrying about communist China. I had the privilege a year before Beijing hosted the Olympics to visit China, to stay there for 10 days, to travel the region. And I want to be very clear about two things. One is China historically is an extraordinary country with amazing culture. I had the opportunity to travel the country on vacation with my family, not on a government trade mission. And the everyday Chinese people we met were like you and I and other Michiganders, people who wanted to work hard and care for their families, see their children do well, to care about their parents growing older. I think part of it too is 12, 15, 20 years ago, there was great hope uh, across the United States that we could have a peaceful coexistence with China, that they would be a responsible participant on the world stage. Sadly, especially in the last four or five years, that's changed dramatically. Today in Michigan, there are an awful lot of Michiganders who, if you say, do you remember the Chinese spy balloon being shot down over Lake Huron just a couple of months ago? They'll say yes. Sadly, China has become an adversary of the United States. We need to recognize that. The Goshen Project is a classic example of Chinese efforts to undermine the American economy, to infiltrate our country. Goshen Inc.'s parent company is headquartered in China. And Ambassador Sella, Ambassador Hookstra have demonstrated again and again and again that the parent company in China has longstanding close ties to the brutal and totalitarian Chinese Communist Party. We're talking with former Michigan Chamber of Commerce CEO Rich Studley. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about Michigan business in China. I'm Tony Connolly. This is Media Business, and this is the Michigan Business Network. Sinair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sinair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sinair.com.
Welcome back to Media Business. I'm Tony Connolly. This is the Michigan Business Network. We're talking with Rich Studley, the former CEO of the Michigan Chamber of Commerce. And Rich, before we talk a little bit more about China and Michigan business, I got to tell you, all the times that I talk with you, I found you to be very... I don't know what adjective to use, maybe conservative when we were talking about topics that could hurt some feelings and could create maybe some challenges for you as the president of the chamber. It seems like now, as I follow you on Twitter, you are really stepping up more in your retired capacity being vocal about things that you perceive are not good for Michigan. Talk a little bit about that. Well, Tony, I've never been a shy person. I was raised by my mom to think before speaking and to be a responsible person who tries to have a positive impact, whether it's on your family or community. And I am the retired CEO from the Michigan Chamber. I have tremendous confidence in Jim Holcomb and the rest of the team there. I'm not speaking on their behalf. I don't think anyone I worked with in Lansing would say to you that I was a shy retiring person. But now that I am retired, I do have some time to devote to public policy issues I care about. I care deeply about the increasing trend towards secrecy in state government. We need more openness, more transparency, more accountability. That's part of why I've been so outspoken about how the MEDC has lost its way and become very secretive overusing, misusing, non-disclosure agreements, dodging requests for information under the Freedom of Information Act. It's a real challenge when we have a corrupt process being used to spend millions and millions and millions of taxpayer dollars to subsidize companies from a country like communist China when we have allies in Taiwan, in Japan, in South Korea who would be glad to do business in the United States and in Michigan There are some countries, frankly, that have decided for their own reasons to be adversaries, not allies. We do not have to do business. We do not have to spend millions and millions of state tax dollars subsidizing companies from countries that hate America. Rich, when we talk about communist China and doing business here in Michigan, as well as in the United States, there seems to be a lack of vigor, if you will, in how we deal with them and kind of looking at the dangers, what they've been doing with their military, how they've been buying up land, not only in America, but around the world, how they've been stealing intellectual property here in the United States, as well as with Michigan companies. Why is all this happening? Is it about money? An awful lot of the debate over the Goshen Project in Big Rapids is about money and politics, frankly. And that debate here in Michigan has accelerated in the last two or three years. It's been an ongoing debate in other states, in Midwestern and Western states for several years now. There's been growing concern about Chinese companies purchasing American farmland and often purchasing American farmland adjacent to or near U.S. military facilities. Personally, after consulting with ambassadors Hoekstra and Sella, who are both Michiganders who served as ambassadors to other countries, very knowledgeable about foreign policy, I don't believe for a moment that the location near Big Rapids, which is an hour and a half drive south to Fort Custer, 
a major military and law enforcement training for the FBI and the state police, or two hours north to Camp Grayling, the largest National Guard training facility in the country, where last year and this year, Michigan and American National Guard units from other states are training with Taiwanese soldiers, sadly, because we have a need to take seriously the threat that China will invade Taiwan, and Taiwan is another ally of ours. And so the Chinese people are extraordinary. They have a beautiful history and culture. Sadly, they are dominated by a brutal totalitarian Chinese Communist Party. I think we have to be clear, the enemy is not the people of China, it is the government. The other thing that's odd for Americans is we're used to there being a real difference in Michigan and across the country between business and government. In China, there is no distinction. No major business operates without supervision, control, and approval of the Chinese Communist Party. Rich, are we here in America being led by folks who want us to be more of a socialist country? I think there is a trend in our state toward more power and influence, especially in terms of government. A lot of that was the result of COVID. Michigan isn't the only state where governors with the best of intentions took very strong actions. So I think some of that happened nationally as a result of COVID. Tony, you asked earlier about my being a conservative person. Yes, I have always been a person who believes in personal responsibility, limited government, and free enterprise. But that doesn't mean that I'm anti-government. State government has a very important role to play in our daily lives. My wife and I are both former state employees. The vast majority of people who serve in state government, federal government, local government are good people trying to do the right thing. We're talking with Rich Studley, the retired former, or I should say CEO of the Michigan Chamber of Commerce. When we come back, we're going to talk more business and Michigan here on Media Business. I'm Tony Conley, and this is the Michigan Business Network. Looking for high-quality office furniture on a budget? Stop by the office outlet at 516 North Larch in downtown Lansing for huge savings. We've got new and used office furniture from brand-name manufacturers, all at discounted prices. Browse through 5,000 square feet and save on seating, desks, files, storage, and more. Open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. The office furniture outlet is your destination for office furniture on a budget. Visit us online at officeoutletyes.com. Welcome back to our interview with Rich Studley, the former CEO of the Michigan Chamber of Commerce. This is Media Business. I'm Tony Conley here on the Michigan Business Network. So, Rich, you were talking a little bit about the MEDC. I want to talk about, you mentioned that media folks, other folks are having a challenge getting information, getting FOIA information, that there's more secrecy with the MEDC. When did this start and why is it happening? The MEDC is not a state agency. It's not a private or public and private. It's kind of a hybrid. I think that organizational structure was established years ago originally to allow it to work more freely when a company from another state says, I'm interested 
and building this kind of facility or that facility? Do you have a site that would fit our needs? Obviously, there's a need for some confidentiality at the beginning, but I think where the MEDC has lost its way is they're not just responding to requests for information now. They're negotiating privately with little or no knowledge on the part of state senators and state representatives, multi, multi, multi-million deals, and then they're presented to the legislature, thumbs up or thumbs down as a done deal. And both Democrats and Republicans are increasingly concerned that they're being asked to rubber stamp projects that were dreamed up in Lansing and out-of-state companies or foreign countries. And what we're seeing in Big Rapids is a classic example. I have talked to numerous residents in Big Rapids Township, in Green Charter Township, and while local politicians were contacted, the vast majority of residents in these communities had no idea what was happening until after the legislature quickly approved $175 million in state subsidies for the Goshen plant, which is going to take hundreds and hundreds of acres of agricultural property out of production. Today in Macosta County, the two most important industries are agriculture and forestry and a related industry, travel and tourism. So it's great irony that many years ago, there was a lot of concern on the part of Democrats and Republicans to encourage and promote agriculture, to protect green space. All three of the MEDC mega sites are in rural areas where they're gobbling up agricultural land and dramatically changing the nature of these communities with little or no notice to local residents. Rich, these policies you're talking about, the legislation you're talking about, these things that are going on, are they being pushed by the governor's office? The MEDC does work directly and indirectly for the governor. The governor appoints the director of the MEDC by appointing the members of the MEDC's executive committee. The legislature, until recently, has had a very limited role. Hopefully, the four legislative leaders will have greater influence and accountability through the MEDC. Despite the challenges we face, Tony, I think it's important for your listeners and viewers to understand that the Goshen Project isn't a done deal. Big Rabbit's Township was going to be involved. And then with further information, they reconsidered. Goshen moved to the adjoining township where, frankly, a lot of local officials there have sold out. One member of the Green Charter Township Board has had to abstain from voting because he's already agreed to sell his property if the project goes through. And we're now receiving reports from the news media at the Midwesterner, for example, sources have told the Midwesterner that property is being purchased significantly, substantially above fair market value. And we're concerned about high pressure, heavy handed sales tactics being used to push people off their farmland. There's the owner, a wonderful woman who family operated horse farm. She spoke out against the Goshen project. And a week later, she was notified that her property was going to be inspected by the Department of Agriculture. So we've seen threats and intimidation. If this project has merit, hit the pause button, back up, explain it to people, let the township residents vote, give the legislature more information earlier in the process. We can overcome these challenges, but 
we're at a point now where the grassroots needs to become involved. People need to attend and participate in local meetings, stand up, speak out, demonstrate peacefully, which is the way to right these wrongs. Rich, how are we in the media? How am I? How is the rest of the media doing from your perspective in covering this and getting the word out? Well, Tony, I'm talking to you today, and I know that you're not afraid to tackle tough or complicated issues. Frankly, the local newspaper in the Big Rapids area has been in favor of the project. We learned a couple of weeks ago that they have property adjoining the project, and if it's sold, they stand to make a bundle. So the local news media has chosen not to cover the project, or it's covered it lightly and with great favoritism. I think the news media is beginning to cover the project. I've been surprised and disappointed that more members of the Capitol Press Corps haven't taken a look at this project. I think there have just been other issues. I have to wonder a little bit about the politics involved, but I have great faith in you and other independent broadcasters to do the research, to do your homework, reach your own conclusions. But for a long time, there was little or no news media coverage of this. And I think we owe it as Michiganders and Americans to former Congressman Pete Hoekstra, ambassador to Holland, who spoke out the Netherlands, who spoke out against it, Joe Sella, another Michigander. If former ambassadors Sella and Hoekstra had not spoken out, these projects would be underway. They are not a done deal. We can still stop them, but they've acted essentially as whistleblowers. They've pointed out that the VP from Goshen, Chuck Thalen, who's been the lead on this project for them, failed to register as a foreign agent as required under federal law, failed to register as a lobbyist as required under state law. Companies with close ties to the Chinese Communist Party don't give a damn about complying with America's federal laws or our state laws in Michigan. And they've been very callous and uncaring in their approach to these projects. Money, money, money. We've been talking with Rich Studley, who is the retired, he's the former CEO of the Michigan Chamber of Commerce, but still very well versed and still trying to help Michigan when it comes to policies and what's going on. You can follow him at Richard Studley, Michigander. Rich, I appreciate you so much, sir. Thanks for your time. Look forward to talking with you again. Thank you. Thank you, Tony. Keep up the good work. I remain optimistic about our state and country's future. We need you and other independent broadcasters to help educate and inform Michiganders. I'm Tony Connolly. This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. We'll see you next time.